Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! Here we are. Weird day. Yes, by the way, uh, we, we're taking off our, we just took off our masks. We've been, Oops. yeah, we got, we're all being extra careful right now. Especially because I got to get on a plane. I'm getting on a plane in seven hours. I cannot get COVID. I had a freaking kidney stone. Yeah, man. Anyway, we'll get to all that. By the way, our big, big voice announcer guy. He's a liar. It would not take him an hour to announce all of the names. No, that, that's it's pretty actually, sparse. Yeah, it, it would take about 45 seconds. Exactly. That's, that's about, it's a big lie. Uh, we see Jason Lloyd is coming with us remotely today. Jason, how are you? What's going on? I'm playing hurt, too. I got a little cough, sniffles. It's not COVID. I've taken three COVID tests in the last four days. Went on vacation and got sick. So that's nice. Back home now. And- well. Maybe you learn your lesson never to go to Alabama again. Mike Polk, what's up with you? I'm happy to be here. What a horrific, weird world we live in. Oh, Thank you for God. noting the configuration, everybody. There's just yeah. three of us here today, and Jason's via remote. Uh, <laughs> sick as a dog, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Right. And, yeah, everybody's we, hanging in there. But we are here anyways. Yes! To, to bring you all the sports talk. Robert Smith today. All the sports Mary talk. Mary Kate Cabot today, and maybe Aditi. And, of course, G. Bush back in studio. G, what's going yes, on? Yes, man. You know, I'm back out, to, out of the penthouse. Yesterday was a penthouse. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous I place. I like see, Bull, they didn't tell me I look good in this little three camera over here. They didn't gave me my money. Hold on. Uh-huh. Let's set up real quick. I yeah. see. Y'all need to set me up like this. But we're in the building. We're going to talk about a lot of good stuff going on today. Not really, though. No, not good it, stuff. Not, not good stuff. But we're going to yeah. talk about a lot of interesting stuff as, as we get going. So, doesn't this feel like more and more of a support group every single day for oh, all yeah. of us? Like, oh, yeah. Like My some sort Adam of the Bull, some sad AA gambler. Meeting. Uh-huh, some sad AA meeting. Yeah, very sad. Yep. Very sad. But we're here for you, folks. Yeah, exactly. And so well, is Jason. Obviously, the big news of the day, G, was what was announced yesterday, that Deshaun Watson suspension will be appealed. Maybe I, we all thought it wouldn't happen. I, I can't remember if you didn't think it would happen, Mike. No, he, I thought it would happen. You thought it would happen. So Mike yeah. was the only one. Yeah. The rest of us, I think, maybe conned ourselves into believing it wasn't going to happen. Gee, I know you have some some first thoughts on this. Well, well, I, I will say this: it, it, it's not so much about the the extra suspension. Um, you know that that's part of the process, and we'll see what the NFL Players Association um, will do to combat that. We'll talk about it a little bit today. But what I want to get to is the the attitude around some of the things that we, we consistently see. Um, when I was on the way home, I happened to be listening to the radio. And uh, on the radio, um, an individual young person, or I, I don't even think he's that young, but an individual basically said um, uh, something to the effect of, you know, they were talking about how the system seems to be different for different people, right? Um, and somehow he came up with the, the words and ideas to say, well, a little along the line of, ah, well, just don't get in trouble. You know, all you got to do is don't get in trouble. And for me, as an African-American male, those type of comments rub me the wrong way. They rub me su- su- smooth wrong way. Now, I want to give you, I want to give a couple statistics here, and I, I want to keep going, and I want to approve a point before we get to the rest of our stuff. And I just want to show people a little something. Uh, black Americans are incarcerated in state prisons across the country at nearly five times the rate as whites. In 2019, the median white household uh, income was $188,000, which is 7.8 times of the typical black household. Median black male worker earns 74% as much as the median white worker. In 2016, over 70% of Asian and black workers in Britain, in Great Britain and the United States said they had experienced racial harassment at work in the previous five years. On average, black American and Hispanic workers with the same education level and the same degrees earn only 80% of those of whites. 42% of employees in the U.S. have experienced or witnessed racism in the workplace and for Glassdoor's Glass 2019 diversity and inclusion study. The issue that you get down to here is this, the, this is the most powerful point. 93% of white workers do not believe racism or ethnic di- discrimination exists in the workplace or in their country. That's a wide divide and a wide gap. 
when you hear people say, just don't get into trouble. We hear that a lot. We, when I get pulled over and African Americans get pulled over, they just say, don't just don't just comply. Do what they tell you to do. Just do. There has been a situation in our country where African Americans live on two different playing fields, two different systems. Um, it is very evident that that happens a lot of different places. My point is, as individuals, we have to be more sensitive and understanding of what the plight is. In the case of Deshaun Watson, <coughs> yes, he did something incorrect, and we all agree with that. But we almost have to come to the conclusion that just because Deshaun Watson did something, he needs to be punished for it. The system has to be fair and equitable, and they have to take care of the same things that happen with other people under that same policy. I'll end with this. I don't sleep very much. And the reason I don't sleep very much is because of those statistics. When I got into this game, I came from nowhere. I've been here 12 years. I have two degrees from Ohio University, marketing communication. I graduated with honors from Ohio Center for Broadcasting. I had a year and a half internship. I played football. I'm a national championship uh, in high school. I'm in my high school Hall of Fame. I'm a four-year letterman from Ohio University. I've worked in corporate America for eight to 10 years in middle management. On credentials alone and work ethic alone, I, I will be honored to say that no one is working harder than me and I'll stake my claim to it. And the reason I work that hard is because I have to be the representation of people that kids can make it that look like me that come from where I'm at. There's three African-Americans that do radio. There's three African-Americans that are prominent in the media. That is a powerful statement. 70% of the people in, in football, in sports, are African-American. For you to be able to articulate what African-Americans go through, you first need to have people that are able to represent that and give that point of view. Lastly, I call myself the people's champion because I am a representation of the people. And if, if I'm a person with all of those credentials, a mother and a father who have college education, and I can't make it, and I can't be where I'm supposed to be, and I can't exceed and, and reach the stars, then what hope does somebody who doesn't have those, those things come from a country and come from parents who don't have that background? That's the burden you care as being the only one. That's the burden you care when you watch stories and every single time you turn on the TV, it's somebody like you doing that, getting that light, being shed that way, and you just have to deal with it, get over it. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, as part of my responsibility is, much as given as what you require, I'm never going to sit back and, and let people tear down people necessarily unnecessarily. If you do something wrong, hey, we all for it. But at the end of the day, my job is checks and balances. If we're going to talk that way for this person, we got to talk that way for that person. And that's what my mantra is. That's what I stand on. And that's why that championship belt means more than, than me than, than what people think. It's more, it's deeper than sports. It's life. And so that's what I want to say as we keep it moving. We'll talk about Deshaun Watson and a lot of other things. But we have to watch and we have to understand the context in which we talk about certain items and when it comes to people of color and the way we perceive them in the media. Wow, powerful stuff. Well said. I have, you know, nothing for us to say about that. No. I don't know. You, I mean, I, G made his point. I don't know. We, we need to. But I do have, I do have uh, one thing. Do you want to call out the person who said that? He, he works, he works at, uh, he works at uh, ESPN Cleveland. I'm, I'm going to keep it classy. Mm. I'm going right. to keep it classy. By um, the way, the one stat you gave, all of that, none of those stats were surprising, except for the last one, that you said 92% of white Americans don't think there's discrimination in the workplace. I find that one impossible to believe because most of the white people I know, like Mike and myself and others, like that I, but if that's the bubble I'm in with that yeah, type of people. We're also in Cleveland we all Ohio. understand that these things happen. So 92% seems impossible. That, that's why it's so important yeah. that I talk about diversity. Yeah. It, it's just no reason that. You sh I should be the representation of an entire culture because there's more people out there qualified to do what we do. And it's just not, it's just not right. Yeah. Those are horrifying statistics. Yeah. I will say this. If I, in fairness, if I ever hear of Baker Mayfield accused of by 25 different women of sexual inappropriateness, I'm going to go after him. I'm going to be mad at him.
And I will understand. I'll understand if uh, when he if they throw the book at him. I hope they do. So I I under I can't speak from your perspective, obviously, and I don't pretend like I'm able to or anything like that. But I do know that you're very emotionally wrapped up in this, and I do know that that comes from a, a history that I don't haven't had and can't experience. But I do wonder how much of you you how much of that. It, how much of this has a racial component to it and how much of it doesn't? I, want, I would like to, there's no way of doing a direct comparison. That's the ultimate problem with this whole process is that there is no other comparison to this that we can look back in the league that's like an apples to apples or even apples to any other kind of fruit situation because it is so unprecedented. But so these questions are always going to be there because we don't have a direct comparison that we can make. So it's always going to be, is that how much of this is influencing that? How much? How, what is the racial aspect of this? Right. And we just don't have anything that we can point to to say. Well, here's an example where uh, of where the, that wasn't the exact same thing because we're trying to compare it to Tom Brady deflating footballs. These are slightly different crimes. Yeah, and I think when you look at the Ben Roethlisberger situation, it, even that's not the same. Actually, what Roethlisberger was accused of is far more serious than what Deshaun Watson's accused of. However, you talk about different amount of numbers. I don't know if that matters because ultimately the league in this case, what the judge was looking at was only four cases. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I get, I think Roethlisberger would be the closest thing. Yeah. Um, from, my, from my perspective, yeah. where I'm coming from, just to be clear, yeah. it's not just the isolated incident with Deshaun Watson. But you understand that's why that's what we're thinking of yeah. talking about yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Right. So, so you know, let me, it's natural to make that conclusion. Yeah, so, so let me clarify. So when you talk about the, the racial component of what we're talking about with Deshaun Watson, you have to also take it in context and look at other parts. So not only is it Deshaun Watson with some of the statistics, <laughs> let's talk about the statistics of African-American coaches, right? You have a coach that has a lawsuit that says he was, he was told to lose games. Uh, and he was fired after having two win winning seasons. Then during the process, which you, we put the Rooney in rule in place to to adjust and to pivot to some of these things right. to try to adjust them. Well, well, that that's turned out to be a sham as well. You, you know, you have coaches and owners going to other players saying, hey, you already got the job before you even inter interview uh, a right. black candidate. Yeah, you talk about the limited positions in, in college football as well as the NFL. Less than 10% in all college coaching jobs are black African-Americans. Now, ask this question. How can you have 70% of your base football players? Your workforce. Your workforce, 70% yeah. is black. Yeah. And yet and still on the reverse side when it comes to leading, organizing, being in leadership, it's less than 10%. How is that possible? Are you telling me that every 70% of, of black people don't want to coach? They don't have the experience level? They don't have the, 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 the know-without? The know-without? Why are the numbers skewed to the point where you, you have to have a, a policy in place that says you at least have to even right. interview them? Yeah, and the policy's not working, right? And I don't know... That issue, and obviously we weren't planning on talking about that, but you brought it up, so I do want to talk about it before we get back to the Watson suspend, uh, appeal. But it's such a complicated issue how to solve this problem of lack of black coach representation yeah. in the NFL. And, it's undeniable. And, it's huge. And obviously there's racism there. That doesn't mean all the owners are racist. Obviously all the owners are not racist. But what I said yesterday is if you're a 70-year-old white guy, and you and your and your circle of people is a bunch of old white guys. Mm -hmm. Then even if you consciously have no racism, like you're not a, you're not a racist, right? You don't think any bad things about black people or whatever. Even subconsciously, you're like, well, when I interview a guy, I might just feel more comfortable with this guy. You might not this even guy realize talks it. like I talk, right? This but guy, you're just used to being around this guy. Yeah, I know him from the yacht guy. club, exactly, and so. And, and so you may not be overtly racist at all. You may not be racist at all, and yet it's still an inherent advantage mm -hmm. for the white coach. I, and I don't know how to solve that problem. Well, Jason, solve all these problems. Well, Jason yeah. Lloyd, solve all these problems. Well, yeah. well I, there is a way that you that goes a long way in solving it, and that's to get black representation and ownership. And and that's that's really where the change is going to come. And when you get more black representation at the highest level, it'll trickle down from there. Uh, I've thought that for a long time. It's 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 that's cra it's cracking that nut, um, and, and and really not even at the ownership level. But we saw it with Derek Jeter. Look what Derek did when he went to the Marlins at a really high level at the presidential level and bringing in the first woman 
in a, in, in a front office position and, and the way that he diversified the Marlins. That's that's how you have to go as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I, I give Jimmy Haslam credit. I've been hard on Jimmy for a lot of things. Uh, but when you look at the black coaches that he's brought in, the black GMs that he's brought in, you can bang on the Haslam's for a lot, but they have given a lot of opportunities to uh, African-American head coaches and GMs. You know, that's true. I, and I'll just say this really quickly because um, I don't, I don't want to go down a whole rabbit hole um, with the whole thing because we want to stay on, on topic here. Um, but I, I look at a couple things. I don't when you talk about racism, it doesn't have to be isolated to penalties and policy it doesn't have to be uh, automated to hiring. The most egregious thing that the NFL has done and they've admitted to it. They've said basically in the CTE um, con uh, concussion settlement, they, they have a settlement of funds and pools and different things um, that you can you give out to players who have CTE dimension, things like that. The league has started with racial norming and racial norm. I'm mean, gonna give you an example. They say they start with the premise that African Americans are at a lower cognitive level than white people. That's the premise. They use that to then say, well, since you can't show cognitive loss because we already thought you were dumber than a white person. Who is this starting at this at this starting point? Um, this is in the CTE concussions in the CTE. So yeah. these are doctors making this claim. The, yes, doctors. Okay. Okay. Um, I just and, didn't know who we were talking. Yeah, about. doctors and the, and the league has come out and said to themselves. Yeah, we probably shouldn't be using racial norming. Um, however, we don't have anything better to use in order to give out the settlements. So what you have is a disproportionate wow. effect as black Americans go and try to get aid, try to get CTE money. And they're saying, well, we can't give you any 50,000 claims denied because they're saying, well, you can't show cognitive loss because right. we already thought you were dumb anyway. Wow. Right. I wasn't aware now, of that. How, now, how is that in your policies? And, and yet I can sit here and look at the rest of this stuff and say, oh, everything's above board. You've admitted to it. And it's, it's there. Um, so my thing is this. It's just not the Deshaun Watson thing. Sometimes we have to look past at it and actually say to ourselves, is could there be something here? It's not saying it's guaranteed, but could there be a lens in which this has skewed the way we look at the NFL in our systems? Well said, uh, Jason. Let's let's jump in with you on Deshaun Watson here. Um, why do you think the NFL decided to appeal ultimately? Like, what's what's going? Whoever's deci ultimate decision what this was, Roger Goodell, a consortium of owners. Why do you think they ultimately decided to do it? Because if they don't appeal, even though there's some back, there's some verbal and written backlash, the story essentially goes away if they don't appeal, right? I mean, it's not, it's, we're no longer waiting for anything at this point. And instead, the story's going to now continue endlessly. So why do you think they did it? Uh, it's pretty clear they weren't happy with six games. They wanted more than six games. And I didn't think they would appeal. I wrote that while I was on vacation that I thought that they would let it lie because this is the system that Roger wanted. Roger wanted the heat off of him and he didn't want to be responsible for this. There was so much, there was so much complicated factors around the Roethlisberger case, the Ezekiel Elliott case, Tom Brady deflating. He caught so much heat for that, that he really wanted off of that. And, and so that's why they came up with the system that they have. And I saw right before we went on Mike Florio with report uh, from a source that Roger will appoint someone outside of the league office to hear the appeal. I'm really happy that that's the case because I was sitting here all morning going, it's a rigged system. It's a completely rigged system. If Roger's going to hear the appeal on this or anyone else in the league office, then this whole system is a sham. And if I'm Sue Robinson, I go to him and say, you know what, I'm out because if this is the way it's going to be, you're not going to sully my name like this. So you're not going to use me uh, in, in a manner like this. So I'll be curious to see who they appoint to hear the appeal. And the NFL is within their right to appeal. They are just like, you know, Deshaun could have appealed if he wanted to. Uh, but I just I'm 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 curious to see who's going to hear it, and I'm really glad that it's not going to be anybody from the league office because yeah, Jason, it just felt like that does, this was a rigged system. That brings up a good point. In the last, with Sue Robinson, both the NFL and the NFLPA got to decide and agree upon her. In this case, it's right. exclusively the NFL who gets to pick this arbiter, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. which is interesting yeah. because if if Deshaun had appealed, he would have appealed to who? Roger. So it would make sense. So it is still 
they're probably going to pick somebody who would, I mean, at least right. well, consider them be on their side. So let me ask sure. you guys this. You know, you said, Jason, you're happy that the report from Florio is that it'll be somebody outside of the league. I think we're all happy to hear that. However, do we have faith that this person, whoever it may be, is going to be as impartial as Judge Robinson? Because I'm skeptical. Mike? Skeptical is, is, is kind. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, the reason that I have a little bit of faith in it more mm-hmm. isn't because I think the NFL is going to uh, not be cynical about it and, and do the right thing. I think it's because they know. I think it's for the same reason that I felt like they were going to appeal. It's not because they want to do the right thing. It's because they're reading the temperature of the room and they're reacting accordingly. And they know that they're wa- we're watching every move. I think that they would, if they had their druthers, they wouldn't have appealed. But they saw the pushback from this nationally. Yeah. They heard, uh, uh, they, they, they're following, they're on Twitter. They're seeing what's going on. They read the temperature and they said, we have to appeal. It's for the, this is for the reputation of the league. This is a moment that we have to meet by doing this, whether we want to or not. It's going to be uncomfortable, but the discomfort that the league is going to feel isn't as bad as the discomfort the league would have felt in every way if they would have let this slide as it is. I don't think they're being noble. I don't think they deserve the credit for that. And in that same way, I think that this arbiter that they pick, we're going to be watching. If, if Roger Goodell's like, hey, it's my, it's my brother, Steve Goodell. He's going to be the outside arbiter. He doesn't work for the NFL. Nobody's going to buy that. They're going to have to get somebody where we're all going to look at this person's credentials. We're all going to see who they are and if they have any kind of a history with the NFL and representing them and stuff like that. So I think they're going to at least ostensibly have to pick somebody that uh, will, will be not totally in the bag for them. It's you're not buying that? It's a sham. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be real. Like, like you got a judge who, who, who's been in the, in, in the courtroom for 25 years. She took a look at both sides. She came to a conclusion and she gave you her judgment. You said, well, that's okay. It's okay. It's not, not that big a deal. Let's pick somebody else. Is, he, is the Players Association going to get a chance to pick? No, it's just the guy. Trust me, he's going to be fair and equitable. That's what they're going to do. Now, here's the, here's the problem. If you look at other cases, right, let's go look at, there's a couple other precedents that are nice little nuggets. So in the John Gruden case, John Gruden went to court and said, I under no circumstances want to go into mediation with the NFL because it is a sham because Roger Goodell is going to eventually be able to say whatever he wants to judge said, you know what? We're going to let your case go in court and you don't have to go to uh, mediation. Flores Flores argued the same thing. I refuse to go to mediation because of the way the mediation is set up that Roger Goodell is ultimately going to be able to make it go away or do whatever he wants. Judge in that case said you're right. No arbitration continue on with the process. Two judges have looked at the arbitration process and said, well, this doesn't look above board. kind yeah. of." And so why would I believe that all of a sudden you're going to pick a guy out of a bag that's more qualified than Sue Robinson? Here's the only problem guys with this situation. The players association. Now, maybe they'll end up going to federal court. And maybe this will be the big thing we think it might be. Uh, and I hope it does. And I hope they stick it to the NFL owners. My one concern about that is the players agreed to this mm-hmm. system. Yep. yep. I, we didn't, at the time when we were worried about a lockout, we were looking at like salary cap and all these things. We weren't really looking at this. This was an afterthought mm-hmm. for us at the time. We didn't, you were not looking at every detail. I can't for the life of me understand why the players would have agreed to this. There should have, to me, they, like what was, was the, was the NFL, it, let, let's say the R, the arbitra- what they should do was you go to Judge Robinson, and if you want to appeal, then you pe- appeal to another independent person selected by the commissioner and the players. Mm-hmm. And then the second appeal can't be- that's it. You get one one appeal, and that's the end of it. And why the players didn't push for that little extra? What was the league gonna shut down the the, the league bec- for that? I mean that. So this is all a- J.C. Treader's fault, is what you're saying. I, I mean the players <laughs> got to all Treader's fault. The players have put themselves in this situation, and if, I, and if I'm Judge Robinson, I'm ticked. That, as Jason said before, because I've been, I feel like I've been used as a pawn. Hey, Jason, it, would, would the would the NBA Players Association have took that deal? Uh, I don't know because I wasn't in the, you know, I wasn't part of the negotiations. I think, I, well, I think you have a valid point, but at the same time, the players in the NFL always cave. They do. On, on, on issues yeah. like this. It's, it's the weakest union, really. Yeah. Of all of them. Mm-hmm. Of, of the three. I don't know anything about hockey, but of yeah. the three that we have here in town, NFL is by, like, I've said this before. 
I had Browns players in the locker room uh, back when we were out in the locker room pre-COVID saying, like, we're, we're, there's changes coming and we're going to fight. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm like, okay. And then they all rolled over. They rolled over on everything. Yeah. Because they always do. So yeah. um, it, it, it does feel like a rigged system in a lot of ways. And I think that the NFL probably told them this is the way it's going to be. Like, yeah. And they, they just said, okay, like they yeah. do on so many other issues. I think a big difference with the NBA, though, is, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, the players and David, uh, not David Stern, and Adam Silver have a pretty good relationship, right? I mean, th- there's mutual respect there, I believe, mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah. the NFL. Adam has done a really nice job of forging relationships with the game's biggest stars. Yeah. LeBron loves them. And it doesn't mean he agrees with all of his decisions, sure. but he, he has a deep respect for him and he can pick up the phone and get Adam on the phone anytime he wants. And, and there's, and it's just not him. All of the game's biggest stars. Adam's done a really nice job of, of having uh, open lines of communication with them. He wants to hear from them. He, he values their input on things. And I think probably of all the three, the commissioner Adam has handled of all the commissioners in the major sports, Adam has handled those relationships with the, with the players the best of all of them. Oh, Baseball far. hates Rob by Manfred. Far. The NFL hates Roger Goodell. But yeah. the NBA players really do respect uh, and like Adam Silver. I'll tell you what, Boo. Um, you know, he said something. Jason said something that I completely wholeheartedly agree with. And you said, too, hey, you signed it, right? Yeah. Anybody tell you not to sign yeah. that? Come on now. Like, that, that's part of negotiation. And one of the things I always talk about people is you, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you can negotiate. And, and yeah. you should have known, given the history of what this league has been doing, why would you sign up for that? It's amazing. Now, I will say this too, though, and it is where I was getting at. The, the problem is the Players Association has some cracks. They, have a, they don't have all the leverage. They have some areas they can pry in, but I don't think, to Jason's point, I don't think they got the heart. You know, I, we talking about it with Democrats all the time. They don't fight the same way Republicans do traditionally. They go in and they get what they need to get done. Other leagues, other NFL, uh, players association, they go to the mat. Uh, in the words of OG, I don't know if the players association is ready to peel back the covers and really go and say, no, we're going to take this drag out. I don't think they they haven't shown it yet. Yeah, I, I no, haven't, haven't seen yeah. in the history of it. I think the reason they made this deal, though, was the NFL, like you said, they dominate their players for the most part more than any other union in a league's union. But I think that the union said, at least this is a layer of protection that we didn't have before. It used to just be whatever Roger said, then that's what ended up being. Yeah. They said, we'd rather have a half loaf rather than a none. And they said, well, at least we'll take this arbiter. It'll be more public. It'll be an independent person. Hopefully it won't come to that next level. But even if it does, there'll be more attention paid to this. And they are getting more attention paid to it than they would have otherwise if it yes, just would have been like true. it used to be with the NFL just saying, well, here's what we decided. So take with us to no, the And the NFL would do it without like, there was no 15 page brief as to why they would do it right right and and what whoever they they end up getting to to hear this uh, appeal there's going I, I would imagine there's going to have to be something written there it can't mm-hmm. just be like old school nfl well now it's 10 games or 12 or whatever now maybe it will be i know you look scared you might you might be right like they just might do whatever they want um but they gave her yeah. this job though and they did what but what they did was they limited her greatly in her ability to actually follow through on what on what she found because yeah. again she came out and said everything the NFL accused him of there in my opinion from what I've seen he is guilty of right but based on the parameters of that they have given me uh, that I'm allowed to sentence on this is the most that I can do. Now, you guys can take it from here and do what you want, but this is this is how I'm limited. Your system is jacked up. Yes. You guys were terrible at making this system, but this guy also did some creepy stuff that I have I find credibly creepy based on my uh, the four people that I've talked to and everything that I've seen. I think they've made their argument, but this is all I can do. Ball's in your court. You guys are a disaster. Bye, I'm Sue. Mikey, yeah. That's I, what I she think said you're 100% much. right. Sue's Mike, out. Mikey, Mc, by the way, the fake... Uh, Sue Robinson on Twitter. Have you guys seen this? Yes, I have. I just found out that I know I know the person who. Well, I don't know the person, but I know the the uh, the, the person's boyfriend. I this know is the, the weirdest boyfriend. name drop <laughs> I've I, ever heard. That I might have been the worst name. Drop. I, it's terrible. You it's, know I'm, the boyfriend of a fake Twitter account. I know holder. boyfriend of the fake Twitter Look account. Look at this, guys. But it's very funny. Check it. out. I retweeted one today that was really good by the fake Dr. Sue Robinson or Judge Sue Robinson. 
Mikey McNuggets, what do you have for us? I got a question for you that's based off an internet comment we got. So let's do a little PCC Airfoils love real quick. Yeah. Are you nice. looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Mary Kay should be hopping on with us in a sec. P P P P P C P C C C C P C C. No, was yeah, that was nah. fun though. Nah, I didn't feel that. Did you have any more to go? Ahead. I, I right. forgot. I had a particular song yeah. in my head, like a classical music song, and just as I was about to start, I lost the rhythm, and, uh, and then you just remixed it. And That's I just okay. rambled. Well, basically. anyway, still great go product, ahead. great great place <laughs> great to work. Go ahead. So yesterday, yeah, this is what Mike Florio tweeted after he read the NFL statement. He said, pretty much in a nutshell. Watson's going to be suspended for a lot longer than six games. So I know we don't have any information, but what do you think is the result of this appeals process? Will Watson end up missing more than six games? If so, how much? How do you see this playing out? I am going to – by the way, I've seen a few things about, well, part of their beef is they want him out for the Texans game, which if that's true, that's absurd, number one. Number two, it's once again proof that they're not doing anything noble. Nope. It's all about PR. Yep. Number three, why would they have made that game earlier in the year? I'm going to remain at least somewhat optimistic. Uh, I know everybody's doom and gloom right now, and I get it. I understand the doom and gloom about him playing. I'm going to say that it ends up being eight games, as I was saying all along. They had two more games, and he gets a massive fine. So not many more games, two more games, and a massive fine. That's what I'm going to say. Jason? But I'm just guessing at this point, obviously. What do you think, Jason? Man, I I have no idea. (laughs) I I would say it's it's not looking good. For, for the Browns at this point, I think it's probably going to be 10 to 12 games and possibly the entire season. Jake. I think that's very much in play. We've heard all along that that's what the NFL wanted, and they're not going to stop until they get it. This is this – is, so there's like a two-track thing right here, right? So if Roger Goodell is ultimately um, changing the decision and, and appointing someone else, um, when you look at labor law, right, Judges in appellate courts are very strict about changing awards of arbitrators. Now, which arbitrator is it? Is it going to be? Is Roger Goodell the de facto arbitrator, right? Is because he stepped in and said, I'm going to appeal it? Or is Sue Robinson, is, is she on record as being the arbitrator? Because if you look at it, when they appeal it and the NFL Players Association goes to a judge, they're going to say, traditionally, uh, in this in this country, we don't overturn arbit- ar- arbitration decisions unless there's corruption, unless the person had gross negligence or there was cer- certain levels of mis- misinformation or misdeeds, right? So with that being said, you'll see who's going to be the arbitra- arbitrator. If Roger Goodell is, it'll be hard for him, them to overturn it because he's the end arbitrator. If it's, they're going to say the initial arbitration was made by Sue Robinson, the Players Association has a little wiggle room yeah. to say you're overturning that and that, that you shouldn't do that by precedent. Well, real quick, we're going to go to Mary Kay. But guys, game, how many games it's going to end up being, if you had to guess? Man, I, I would say... I, he, <laughs> He might not. He might not. He, he might not get suspended this year if if they get wow. an injunction. I think. Mike. I think he's out for the season. I think yeah. they're going to make a point of this right now. I think it's too public, and I think that he's out for the year. By the way, for the record, even if he's suspended for the season, I still would have made the trade. Uh, Mikey McNuggets, go ahead. We got a guest joining us via the Gridiron Guys Hotline. The click worked. Yep. There it is. Are you looking for a local roofer you can trust? Am I? Owned since 2003, the Gridiron Guys have grown to become Northeast Ohio's top-rated roofers. They exemplify quality work practices and are a valued resource for homeowners while offering a 10-year workmanship warranty. Call 330-573-7967 today for a free estimate or roof inspection. Grid, 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 gridiron guys. Guys. <laughs> nice. Very now we got Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com. Hey. Mary Kay, how are you? Good to see you. What's Hello. going on? I'm doing really well, guys. How's everybody doing? You know, Mary Kay, I said this this morning on my podcast uh, in, in terms of how we're doing. It's like we, we were all holding our breath, waiting for a decision for months and months. It finally comes on Monday. We all took a breath and said, ah. Oh, 
okay, now we know. And then two days later, now we don't know anymore. And it's still even more up in the air than it was before. We have no clue where it's going to go from here. Do you feel that way too? Well, I really don't think anybody should have had any sense of security after Monday uh, that anything was settled. I mean, we knew that both sides had the opportunity to appeal. And anybody that thought the NFL was not going to exercise its collectively bargained right to appeal was probably in denial. They fought hard for a year. We were in denial. They wouldn't accept 12. So, of course, they were going to appeal. Uh, It was their right. And, you know, I I actually don't blame them for appealing. I think the NFLPA would have done the exact same thing uh, if they weren't going to like the result. That's true. At what level, um, because we prognosticated, um, there's there's filing lawsuits, but then there's filing lawsuits like expansive re- wide sweeping lawsuits. Um, I haven't seen the players union and talking to Jason about this. I haven't seen the players union really exert themselves in that way when it comes to specifically lawsuits. I don't know if the players association is willing to go knock down drag out. Um, what is your sense on that? Oh, I think they're definitely willing to go knock down, mm. drag out. Absolutely 100%. This is this is an absolute battle between these two entities. And it was one of the perhaps unintended consequences of the reformation of the policy uh, that it just gets ugly between the NFLPA and the NFL now. And and this thing is contentious and they're, they're both gonna fight it out. And I think that they will use all of their resources to get what they want on both sides. For the NFLPA, that means probably suing if they have to. Uh, but there's something that can happen before that. That's what I think should happen. And that is that the two sides should get together and negotiate again, yes. get back to the negotiating table and come up with something that works for everyone. I would, I, I would argue that, you know, 12 games has been mentioned. You just mentioned it got brought up, Mary Kay. In a way, don't you think 12 games is the worst-case scenario? Not for Watson, but 12 games is really the worst-case scenario for the Browns because if he's suspended for the whole year, the only good thing about that is that his contract tolls, and so you still have him under team control for five years. Whereas if it's 12 games, the season is, in my opinion, sunk. You never know, but in my opinion, it's sunk if it's 12 games. And yet you you still really only have him for four years. So if you were the Browns down deep, if, if the suspension was going to be 12 games, would you rather it just be the whole season? Or do you think they wouldn't do that? Well, I'll tell you what, there, there is, there's a little bit of, of just ambiguity in the policy about whether or not the contract would toll. Uh-huh. And I've been trying to get an answer on this okay. for a long time. It's, it, in the new policy, the revised policy, it looks to me like there is a distinction between an indefinite suspension and banishment. In the olden days, they were one and the same. If you were indefinitely suspended for a minimum of a year, you were banished from the league and had to apply for reinstatement. Now, the way that I'm reading the policy, and nobody will clarify it for me, at least not yet, is that it seems like there is such a thing as an indefinite suspension and that there is also banishment. So I've been trying to ask, when does the contract hold, when does it not? I know it would in banishment. I don't know if it does in indefinite suspension. Mm. So there might be a little wiggle room in that designation, still trying to figure that out. So it's hard to answer that question uh, until I know the ramifications of an indefinite suspension. Um, But, you know, I think the NFL had to come at it from this standpoint. I I think they had to come back at it hard and say indefinite for a minimum of a year, because if you're going to sit down and negotiate again, which is what everybody really kind of, I believe, hopes will happen, uh, you can't come in at 12 and hope to end up at 12. You've got to come in at a year and hope to end up somewhere that you can uh, feel comfortable with, and the same thing with the NFLPA. Mary Kay, it's almost like the NFL keeps that language ambiguous to suit their needs sometimes, doesn't it? (laughs) Isn't that strange, where they can kind of keep it up in the air? Well, you know, sometimes there is a little bit of wiggle room in the, in the policy, and I found that out through the whole Josh Gordon saga. I mean, it just mm-hmm. always seemed yes. that it wasn't going according to the letter of the policy, and it was always a little bit different than, uh, than it was precisely written. And so uh, this is a nuance that, you know, that I'm trying to figure out. And when I do, I'll let you guys know. I'll, uh, you know, I'll text Adam or, or Garrett or something and let you guys know Appreciate so it. that you can clarify it you know tomorrow but because i think it is an important distinction yeah uh, you know because you're right adam i mean if if you're going to lose uh the you know the whole year 
and and you can toll that to next year and then you have his rights it's not just the money it's that you would have his rights for five years after uh, a banishment then you would probably prefer that over 12 games yeah go ahead jason mary kate okay so he's out a minimum of six and they're appealing what does this do with his status with preseason games i was talking to zach jackson about it i said listen why don't you play him against jacksonville just because the injury risk is so much less because you know he's already going to be out X number of games. It's an opportunity to knock off the rust. I know it's a little goofy, and I don't know all the ins and outs with suspensions and appeals and everything else. Is he eligible to play in the preseason, and would you risk it or would you do it just to get him on the field and get a look at him? Well, once again, it comes down to whether or not he is banished and what the definition of indefinite is right now. Because if he's banished, then that can kick in immediately. And who knows how quickly, you know, that would happen. Let's let's just say, for instance, the NFLPA, uh, you know, doesn't sue right now. And uh, and he is banished from from the NFL, that they get this done relatively quickly. And he's banished by the the first preseason game. He would not be able to participate in training camp at that point anymore or play in the preseason games. He Mm. would it would be effective immediately and he would be gone. So that's why I think it is important to try to figure out what the distinction is between the two, because if he's suspended for a finite number of games, or maybe even the indefinite number, uh, there is a world in which he can still practice through training camp, play in the preseason games and all the things that come along with that type of suspension. Mary Kay, do you think, um, I, I, you know, I, I conned myself into believing there'd be no appeal. So I'm going to, maybe I'm conning myself into this too that maybe the compromise is they either don't add any additional games or maybe only go to eight, but add a a massive fine. Is that realistic in any way or no? Well, I don't think the NFL would have gone uh, to this extent to get two more games. I think they're going to try to get more than than two for sure. Uh, And I do think that they want a substantial fine. And there are many different ways that you can work that out. You know, maybe you take some of the games from last year and add that into the suspension and take some money away from him from last year, so to speak. Uh, But I do think that they want him, uh, you know, to hurt a little bit in the pocketbook in this situation. They they want some money out of him. They don't want just fifty seven thousand five hundred dollars per game for this. Once again, they believe that this is the most egregious violation of the personal conduct policy in the history of the NFL. They want the punishment to reflect that. So uh, money, they want money to be part of it. Uh, You know, again, I think that uh, Dan Graziano from ESPN had been reporting at one time that they would have settled for 12 games and an $8 million fine. So that tells you where they're going with the financial situation. I think he can expect uh, some kind of, of fine. First of all, I think banished is just such a great old timey medieval word. Like you can like it's a witch or something like that, that we're getting out of our kingdom. But secondly, there, this is, this will bring up a question. Uh, if say this, say this extent, this got extended to 12 games or even the whole season. Are you comfortable going into the season with old Jacoby and the, and the Josh one, two punch double Josh at quarterback? Or do you, are, you, are we going to do something about that situation? You know, I I think at that point, they probably would, as an organization, have to put their heads together and really ask themselves if they can accomplish their goals this season because the rest of the roster is ready to roll. And you have to make sure that you have that position right. And they uh, would have to go back, you know, maybe to the film room and decide, uh, would Jimmy Garoppolo be better than Jacoby Brissett? Or is there anybody else that you can think of that, you know, that would be able to go out there and win these games for you? And um, so, you know, I don't think we can rule it out. It's not something that's been front burner for them. It's something that they have not really necessarily wanted to do. But they also did not think that the suspension was going to be much longer than six to eight games. And I do believe they felt like they could get through six to eight games and then finish the season off with Deshaun. If he's out for the entire season or 12 games or maybe even 10 games, I do think that you have to revisit it. Well, Mary Kay, I, you just, I just thought of a scenario. We was talking about the, uh, you know, what, what the policy is going to be and what the league is going to say and different things like that. So I was just thinking, what if the NFL Players Association said, you know what, uh, I'm going to apply the old uh, United States of America uh, <laughs> policy. I don't negotiate with terrorists. So here's what we're going to do. Um, how's about I'm going to sue and feel free to use this players union. I'm going to sue you for breach of contract. 
I'm going to argue that your contract explicitly states that you will hold orders responsible, which is the reason why you did what you did with the Miami Dolphins yesterday. That's a little inside. I'm going to then say I want to file an injunction on a, a temporary restraining order so that they can't suspend Deshaun Watson. And then what I want to do is I kind of want to go scorched earth. So I kind of want to be like, okay, just to see if the if the you know, the policy was the same and just to see if you the actions are the same because we're held to the same standard as the owners. I would like to see your information on what you uh, you did with Robert Kraft. Can I depose him too? Can I get a statement with him? And if if that line of reasoning happens, um, do you think the NFL would be more apt to apply the eight games and a fine or continue with the process? You know, I, I think they will continue with the process. I think that the NFL would feel fairly confident uh, that it can win in court. It won in court with, um, you know, with Tom Brady and with Ezekiel Elliott, and they had to serve their suspensions. So if it's filed in New York, they probably will feel very confident about the outcome. And I'm sure the, you know, the NFLPA will try to file it somewhere where they feel that they'll have a much better chance of winning. Uh, but when you're dealing with a, a corporation, when you're dealing with a, with a private, you know, entities, uh, conduct policies or whatever policies, uh, you know, the you know, they will often side with with the company. So I do think that the NFL will still proceed. Uh, they they want to make a statement with this and they're not going to stop. And the same thing with the NFLPA, the NFLPA, I'm sure will file the suit. Mary Kay, a bit of a gray, gray cloud over the Browns fan base as of late. I think we can agree. Not the best party vibe we've got going on. How about just a little bit of positivity? Can you tell us just one or two positive things that you've seen at camp that have nothing to do with the Deshaun Watson situation to make us all feel better today? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, first of all, just defensively, uh, you know, they have this alpha dog competition going on. And, you know, I've been seeing batted passes uh I, you know i'm seeing these guys try to punch the ball out try to get interceptions i think it's just going to be a dynamite defense they know that they're they potentially are going to have to go out there and carry the team for a while now i think that's a little bit of an overstatement because when you have nick chubb and you have kareem hunt and when you have uh, you know david njoku amari cooper uh, it's not like you know they're all chopped liver over there without deshaun on the offense there's still some really really good offensive players and a great offensive line uh, but the defense is willing to take this on and uh, and carry this team to the extent that it has to. And I think when you look at some of the young guys that have the opportunity to really have amazing second seasons, there's so much reasons for optimism. When you look at Grant Delpit and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and Greg Newsom, uh, some of these guys that are just really ready to take off in their second year, uh, I think this is a defense to be feared. Mary Kay, um, when you... When you look at uh, Jacoby Brissett, I forgot my question. I'll be totally honest. I was trying to stall for time there. I, like, <laughs> I had a good question. I'm like, remember it? Remember what you were going to ask Mary Kay? I started thinking about what I'm going to talk about next to Jimmy Garoppolo, and I totally lost my question. So, bad job out of me. I'm, and I'm still stalling to try to make the question. Do you want me to jump in? I, I, I got a question. Can I help? Go ahead. Uh, Damn Mary it. I had a good question. I saw last too. week you had uh, – you mentioned that the Browns initially may have been interested in Russell Wilson. Yes. And then Russell Wilson – said, hey, I'm not interested in Cleveland, so they pursued Deshaun Watson. How realistic were Ouch. some of those conversations, yeah. and how far did they actually progress? You know, I don't know how deep they got into that or not, but I just know that was the level that they were aiming for. They were not looking for a Jimmy Garoppolo upgrade. They were looking for Russell Wilson. They were going for Deshaun Watson. They were thinking Super Bowl, and that was – uh, that was where they were going with that. So yeah. uh, absolutely 100% they were interested. Uh, but Russell, you know, he had designs on where he wanted to go. And, uh, you know, he ended up where he wanted to be. Mary Kay, um, I finally remembered my question. Uh, was wide receiver because you mentioned Amari Cooper. And obviously he's banged up. They've had a whole, although it seems like every wide receiver on the team has been banged up in this training camp, we already thought they needed another wide receiver. Are you, I mean, I know it's early in training camp, but are you surprised they still have not done anything? I mean, should we just be resigned to the fact that they are not going to add a veteran or at some point might they still? 
Well, the thing is right now, here, here's sort of how they feel. And that is um, they needed to bring in a couple of camp arms to make up for the guys that got injured. And they've done that. They signed uh, two different young guys uh, just to kind of come in, not necessarily to impact the 53-man roster, right. but to help them get through this camp. Because, yeah. my goodness, Michael Woods and Michael Harley are uh, get, and Jamarcus Bradley are getting way too many reps uh so you know i think they really feel good about the fact that david will be back that anthony schwartz will be back he was running some sprints yesterday amari looks pretty good um i've always felt that they should add another veteran receiver uh you know there are not that many guys out there right now but some will shake free in the cuts so i would be on the lookout for another veteran because i mean what would happen if amari goes down for any length of time he's pretty much an iron man but you just never know so I would add another veteran, and uh, I would keep my eyes peeled for one to shake free sometime over the next month. Mary Kay, great insight as always. Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to get myself out to camp in a couple of weeks. So it'll be good to see you in person. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Mary Kay. Thanks, Mary Kay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. You got it. Always great to chat with Mary Kay. Really quick, uh, some comments from um, YouTube. Got some yeah. comments here. Oh, good. All right. uh, Jay, it's all over the place, right? Yeah. Like everybody probably is in Cleveland sure. right now. Yes. Uh, J Dog Myers the third says the NFL is sinking themselves. Uh, Jordan B is on the opposite end of the spectrum and says there's no path to victory here for Watson. Uh, Doctor Smooth with a V. I trust him. Yes. Doctor Smooth is smooth. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, Sue Robinson gave the NFL ammo. To further punish them, uh, punish them by saying it was the worst conduct ever before seen in the NFL. And then Sprout216 says, would it be better to use the cap for Jimmy G or use the cap to get more weapons for Jacoby to use? Okay, now, I think that's, I'm glad you ended it with that one, G, because I want to get to that. Because a few minutes ago, guys, uh, I, I said, well, if they're going to suspend him for 12 games, it might be better for the Browns for him to be gone for the year to toll the contract. And after I said that, I said, you know what? I'm wrong about that, and here's why, and I want you guys' take on this. Ultimately, I think if he – let's say it's 12 games, because we there was reporting mm-hmm. that the league was willing to go 12 games, mm-hmm. okay? So let's say that ends up being what it is. Not the whole year, it's 12 games. Now, if Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback and he plays 12 games, they will probably not make the playoffs. That's what I think, okay? I want you guys to all chime in. No. But that's what I think. I can chime in now. Yeah, yes. you're right. Okay. If, but I'm thinking, okay, I will get Deshaun Watson back week 13. He'll play five regular season games. So what quarterback's going to give me the best chance to keep the Browns in contention through 12 games? And at that point, I would go, I would, if I'm the Browns, go get Jimmy Garoppolo, have Brissett as my backup, and I would, and I would hope that you know, I, Garoppolo's done a lot of winning. There's a lot of talent around him. I get it. Brissett's been here, but Garoppolo's the better quarterback. He's had a lot of success in the league. He's not a great talent, but I think they could stay yeah. afloat better through 12 day, games with Jimmy G, and then Watson rides in at the end of the year and hopefully gets them to the playoffs. And remember, all you have to do is punch your ticket. If they can punch their ticket and Watson's the quarterback then, they could win a Super Bowl. Three quarterback think? platoon. You start with uh, with Jacoby because yeah. he knows the system. Jimmy's still coming off from an injury. Yeah. But you get Jimmy in here. He plays those first couple of cupcakes. Uh, Jacoby does get the. In. Then you got you work Jimmy into the system. Then he plays for, throughout Deshaun's suspension. This is the perfect system, folks. Exactly how it's supposed to go in the NFL. <laughs> now you get your third quarterback in there in the regular season, right in time for playoffs. We go to the Super Bowl and we're all partying. Love uh, it. No Love time. it. What a story. I think we're well, getting it out. We're going home, everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. Jason, what say you on but here, here, Here's something to consider with, with Jimmy G. And the Browns have just not been high on him from the start. They've just not been high on, on, on Jimmy. Yeah, but they, they got to be like higher on him than Brissette. Or Josh Rosen. Agreed. Yes. No, I agree with that. But here's the other thing. If you're taking on that contract for this year, Look at all that salary cap space right now that they're supposed to roll into next year. Mm. If you take on Jimmy G now, you're not rolling that space over. You're using it this year, and they need a lot of that space next year when Deshaun's contract goes up to $45 million. And again, we're assuming that we're, – well, we're just assuming that Deshaun's contract will count for this year, next year counts for next year, and it, and right. it goes on and on and on. Yeah. I think that's an important consideration in all this is the staggering number that Jimmy has. It's going to eat up a lot of their available cap space that I know – they want to roll over into next year. 
So just something else to consider Fair. as we talk about. Raining on my three-quarter I got to try to win now. I got all these players that are ready it's, to win. It's, it's tough, Bull. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm with Jason. They just don't seem to be high. The Browns front office, I, I think the analytics that they have, I think that they really have a special system at which they look at what the quarterback position is doing and yeah. equating how well they're, they're good. They're already good. They're bad. They're different. Yeah. Even when we thought that that they were would be into Baker, right? Like, yeah. hey, we look at his 2020. If you think about it, they might not even have liked his 2020. They may have said we had to do all this just to get that, you yeah. know, put that energy, time, and play call. Jacoby Brissett, to me, it just seems like every time we bring up a quarterback or another quarterback, I I, I thought to myself that Jimmy G was going to be a person that should be upgraded because he's he's won a lot of places. He yeah. went to Super Bowls. He won yeah. Lambo. Beat, beat uh, Aaron Rodgers. But it just seems like they they like they like Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I hear what you guys are saying, and Jason G, I, you're right about them not liking. Or, you know, when it was talk about – but that was with Jimmy G replacing Baker. To me, Jimmy G and Baker are the same level of quarterback. Jimmy G's which has been a better winner overall because he's had better coaching and whatever. But, like, it's not about Jimmy versus Baker anymore. It's about Jimmy versus Brissett. Frankly, if I'm the Browns and I – I'm, I'm – if, if, again, this is a unique circumstance if it's a 12-game suspension. You're going to stick with Brissett with six. Even if it's eight at this point, you'd probably stick with Brissett. I think 12 takes it to another level. Mm -hmm. But And if it's 12, if I can't get Jimmy G, I I know this is crazy with everything they've been through already. And we've talked about this briefly before half joking, but I am calling Drew Brees. I am calling Phillip Rivers. Mm -hmm. I'm calling anybody that I think is better than Jacoby Brissett because I got a very talented team and I want to give it the best chance possible to be even – even if it, even if Watson has to go five and zero for them to make the playoffs, at least give them a at least give him and them a sh- their best shot possible. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I th- I'd be on the phone with anybody who can make them win right now. <laughs> There's right. no point in sitting out this year while we've got all this talent on this yes. roster, just sitting there waiting to go. In any way that you can improve at this point, yeah, is, that's not going to hurt your team in the long run from a salary cap perspective or anything like that. Anything, any responsible way, and I trust them to do that. Yeah, any responsible way uh, that you can actually make them a winner this year or give put them in the best position to, they owe it to the fan base to do that. And by the way, if if, if the salary cap's an issue. And I'm Andrew Berry. I'm going to Deshaun Watson. I'm saying, listen, Deshaun, we're changing your contract for next year. Yeah, we're gonna. We're, we're, <laughs> that's, you owe that's us not this. Happening. Actually, that's that's definitely not happening. Well, they could no, not take away money, yeah, but like but restructure move it to next yeah, year. Yeah, restructure. I mean, yeah, you can restructure. That's what I'm saying. Day. And he's yeah. going to be amenable to that. Yeah, I I think you know I think where we're at with this situation is I'd be fascinated to know because I, I I always you know I always got a conspiracy theory. I'm sitting there thinking, what has what has Jimmy Haslam told Stefanski and Barry, right? If he's giving them carte blanche mm-hmm. and says, now y'all good. You know, we, we want to make this deal, and you know what we did to make the deal. Mm-hmm. It kind of fell apart on us, boys. You know what? <laughs> this one <laughs> so, got away from us. It got, got away from us a little bit. We gonna, we gonna do what we can this year. We're gonna roll that money over. We're gonna punt, but we're not gonna punt. Jason, is there a such thing as punting but not punting on this joint? Just keep reset, run this football, see what the best you can do, and everybody come back next year. Kumbaya. I don't know. I don't know how you can trust Jimmy Haslam. You can't. If I'm Kevin Stefanski and Andy mm. Berry. Because I think about a year ago at this time, or after Baker gets hurt, if if you would have said because you it would be logical to think oh well he's hurt you know this year's kind of a of a wash whatever no it's not he got fired they fired Baker mm-hmm. and and I, so you it's easy to sit here now and say you can go to ownership and coaching and say yeah you know what guys we'll just it's okay we're gonna run it back next year we're gonna be good next year you can't think that way though yeah, because you can't. the the way that Jimmy blows with emotions and the way that he can change his mind you just can't trust him. This is a so guys. Proper. Let me this throw this so out proper. at you too. First of all, Jimmy Haslam, as usual, is a clown. He embarrassed himself <laughs> with that ridiculous statement. Did you guys all see the statement he put out? It wasn't after? great. Right. So the, that was not what great. And by the way, I didn't see it. In the statement, let me just read it to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, throughout the process, Deshaun and his representatives have abided by the newly created and agreed upon process for the NFLPA and the NFL to defer to the objective Judge Sue L. Robinson to comprehensively review all information and make their decision. We respect Judge Robinson's decision and at the same time 
empathize and understand that there have been many individuals triggered throughout this process. By the way, there is no way on earth Jimmy Haslam or D. Haslam have ever used the word triggered. They laugh when people use the word triggered. Everybody well, knows that. Well, that's why I was going to say, Boldy, you actually think he wrote that? No, he, he did not write that. that. He does no terrible chance. Terrible inclusion. That turns a terrible the, inclusion. The only time people like Jimmy Haslam use that word is to roll their eyes at liberals. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, they don't do it. We know Deshaun is remorseful that the situation has caused much heartache to many, and he will continue the work needed to show he's on and off the field and will continue to support him. He doesn't care about these women. We all know that. That, that Listen, it's football. It's business. We get it. But uh, to some degree. But here's the thing. In this statement, either I can say with 100% certainty, either he lied or he's saying Deshaun Watson is a liar. Right. Because he's saying in this statement, there it is. We can't read it there, but there it is. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. He, he get says, out your jeweler's loop he and get said, near your computer screen. And I shouldn't say he because it says from the Haslam's. Quote, we know Deshaun is remorseful that this situation has caused much heartache to many and he will continue the work needed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So either he's lying that Deshaun is remorseful or he's saying Deshaun is lying because Deshaun Watson publicly has never apologized, never shown remorse uh, because he says he's done nothing wrong. And if he's and if he truly believes and thinks he did nothing wrong, then what does he have to be remorseful for? That's true. So either well, Desha- he did he did try and clean it up. Deshaun did try and clean up the second time that he met with the media and said that he was remorseful over the hard feelings and and some of the angst that he's caused. You're right. He's he's always said he never did anything wrong, even though everyone else has said he did. But I think that's probably what that statement that second time they ran Deshaun out in front of the media was really to sort of clean up the missteps that he had from his introductory press this conference. Is, this is why you don't, I don't understand it, man. This is why you don't talk. Like, I always, listen, where I come from, you say, hey, we ain't talking to the police. Nope, I didn't see nothing. We didn't see nothing. I didn't, I don't ask me no questions. I got to live here. The people's right around the corner. You don't, when you got an investigation going on, bro, you can't like you just come off looking crazy at the end of the day. You're not going to win that Jimmy Haslam. You say, look, it's an ongoing investigation. When it's yep. over, I'll write it in a book Agreed. or something. Yeah. You just don't say nothing. Bro. Yeah, guys, we pork. got we have our next guest. 